Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cut to the Chase Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Shantz. Alongside me, I have a special guest. Uh, you know, he does a lot of radio stuff in the National Football League. He's also the public address announcer for the Miami Marlins. He's got a lot of jobs. Josh Apple. Josh, thanks for stopping on, man. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Uh, this is what appearance number two on the podcast. Honored to be back. Yes, sir, man. It's been a minute, though, but I'm glad that you are back on, man. I'm ready to talk some football and everything. Yes, glad sir. to be here. Yes, Let's sir. Do it. Yes, sir. How's everything been, though? How is, you know, how's life been since 2021? It's been a minute since, you know, we've talked and everything, but uh, how's everything going for you? Life's good. Got married. We're moving to do the house soon, finishing up uh, season seven with Sports USA and then starting season four with the Marlins. Hard to complain, man. Life's good. Hope the same with you. Awesome. That's awesome, man. Awesome to hear. But yeah, I'm, you know, bouncing around schools, you know, transferred to the University of Cincinnati. So, you know, starting a new chapter there. But, but man, I mean, life's going, life's going good. I'm glad to hear it, man. Glad to hear it, man. And then we'll talk about your Sports USA radio game in just a second. You're going to, you know, go to Green Bay, like you said before, freeze your ass off at the game. But <laughs> Bucks, Packers, we'll, 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 we'll save that for a second. But the Saturday slate, all right? So you have the Vikings taking on the Bengals. I'm actually going to be at that game. I'll be freezing myself at that one. Then you got the 4:30 game between the you know the Steelers and the Colts, and then you have the nightcap, the Broncos and the Lions. Out of those three matchups, which one you know really grabs your attention off the board? So I think Broncos Lions is very intriguing. Um, I would go that one, and then the, the early game as well because I, I think it's been really impressive how well jake browning's played uh the last two games i don't think really anybody expected that but he's kind of catapulted the, the the Bengals back into uh serious playoff contention in the afc but as far as the night game goes since denver lost that 70 to 20 game to miami they've been a completely different team their defense has gotten a lot better russell wilson is playing much better football than he was last season and the Lions need this one. They did not look very good against Chicago on Sunday. That's the game that I did uh, this past weekend. They obviously lost on Thanksgiving against the Packers. Uh, they have been shaky as of late, and it's because their defense hasn't been very good. Uh, the first five, six weeks of the season, they were allowing under 19 points per game. Now they're towards the, the bottom of the league in points per game allowed and yards per game allowed. They made some changes in their secondary. Um, they're hoping that Aiden Hutchinson can figure it out and uh, be able to get to the quarterback again. He's only got one sack uh, in his last eight games. Wow. Uh, it's It's been a struggle uh, defensively for Dan Campbell's group. Um, they're trying to find answers. Like I said, they're making changes in the secondary. And then can Jared Goff rebound from a really poor performance against Chicago? That's one of the best offenses in the league. Only the Lions and the Dolphins – are ranked in the top five in both rush offense and pass offense. And Goff's had some turnover issues. Thankfully for him, they don't play outside anymore. The rest of their games are indoors. And uh, I'm just curious to see how they bounce back against the Denver team that's playing pretty good football right now. Yeah, it's really, you know, I know Detroit is 9-4 and four at the moment, but it really is two teams that, have started to go different directions, to say the least, with the Broncos starting one and five. And now, you know, they've been on this incline winning six of the last seven games. Here they are right now. And 
Detroit, you know, that like you mentioned, the secondary. It, it's been, you know, you have your pass rush and your secondary. Those two things go hand in hand together. If those guys aren't getting after the quarterback up front, it's going to put more pressure on the secondary to hold, you know, hold guys longer, hold receivers, because the Broncos have some really good receivers. And one guy that's been playing, you know, out of his mind recently has been Cortland Sutton. He has been absolutely balling. I have him on my fantasy team. I just can't start him because I, I got a couple of guys, like Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, and Jordan Addison, nonetheless. But Cortland Sutton has been balling. He's been doing his thing. And Sean Payton has found a, a, a method to the madness in getting this run game going with Javante Williams and Samaje Piran. So they've done a lot of good things. And mentioning with Detroit needing this game, if Minnesota – you know, they make the quarterback switch with Nick Mullins. So now you have Nick Mullins versus Jake Browning at one o'clock on NFL Network. <laughs> that, if you would have told me this, you know, you're looking at, you know, when the schedule release came out, you're like, Kirk Cousins, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. This is going to be an awesome one. And this is probably going to be a night game. And then you're like, Nick Mullins, Jake Browning. Oh, okay. Jamar and Justin Jefferson are still playing too. All right. All right. But it, it's just it's crazy how the backup quarterbacks in the National Football League have just taken over. I think there's been what is there over 50 quarterbacks have played this year, I believe. Yeah, it's it's a very high number. And what's interesting, you know, I'm down here in South Florida, and the knock on Tua Tungavailoa, one of them coming into the season, was how he has obvious trouble staying healthy. Mm-hmm. And he's been one of the healthiest quarterbacks in the league this year. And a lot of the guys that you normally would think of as durable who never get hurt have gotten hurt. And a missed significant time or are out the rest of the season. Uh, <laughs> Minnesota is an interesting one to me because I don't think that team, because of their quarterback situation, has any chance at like anything long term. Mm-hmm. They might sneak into the playoffs, but I don't see that team being able to make a run. Uh, Brian Flores, speaking of Tua Tungvaluwa, Brian Flores to his coach the first two years uh obviously ugly ending with the dolphins uh spends last season in pittsburgh kevin o'connell brings him in as a defensive coordinator this year and all of a sudden minnesota's defense has made massive improvements this season and winning a game three nothing it's the first time it's been done since 2007 not an easy thing to do brian Flores' defense has been fantastic uh this season uh nick mullins has experience in that offense um of course from his time in san francisco um, I'm interested to see how that looks. I can't imagine it'll be that big of an improvement from Josh Dobbs. I don't think Josh Dobbs was necessarily the whole problem uh, in Minnesota, uh, but it's it's amazing how quickly things change in this league. After two or three games, Josh Dobbs, you're looking at like, wow, like a team like the Jets, how did they miss out on trading for a guy like that who could have saved their season and kept them uh, in contention? And then here we are now, and Josh Dobbs is getting benched for Nick Mullins uh, for the Vikings. So it's it's funny how quickly things change in this league. Um, you know, we were talking about the Lions earlier. They look like a contender in the NFC. Now you can't trust their defense. The Dolphins, they look like a Super Bowl contender. And now they've got huge injuries, guys dropping like flies left and right. Jerome Baker, Deshaun Elliott, Javon Holland. Now Connor Williams is out. Jalen Phillips is out. Uh, Tyreek's got the ankle injury. They're 9-4 and four after a catastrophic uh, collapse on Monday night. I still think they'll be okay, but the point remains, week to week, things change so much in this league, and uh, Saturday will be the start of, hey, maybe maybe more change, maybe, more, maybe different expectations coming in now uh, after this weekend for certain teams. 
it's very literal when it comes to any given Sunday. Anything oh, yeah. can happen any given Sunday that you know, or Saturday in this lease that it, it, it can just happen, and it's it's wild. And that middle game, that Steelers Colts game, I know that our eyes go to the one o'clock game with the flashy receivers and the in the eight o'clock game with the hot Broncos and the sliding lions in, in, in a sense, but that Colts Steelers game, both teams are seven and six and they hold playoff spots at the moment, but there are a lot of people that are sitting in that waiting room waiting for a chance to get into this postseason match, you know, at least, you know, through, you know, through week 15 at, at the most, one of these teams that loses, Going in, you know, sleeping Saturday night, they won't be in the playoffs at the moment. Colts, Steelers, yeah. Mitch Trubisky, Gardner Minshew, what do you got? Well, is Minshew going to play? I know he uh, – I don't know if he was diagnosed with a concussion, but it seemed like he got his bell rung pretty good against the Bengals last week. If he plays, I think that's a Colts win. Yeah. I had the Steelers a couple times earlier this year. A lot of smoke and mirrors with that team getting to the point. Uh, they got to a, what, uh, seven and four, and now they've lost uh, two uh, consecutive games, the teams that they should be beating. Mm-hmm. Um, Mitch Trubisky has not inspired much confidence. And, you know, that defense, normally you think Pittsburgh's defense, they're one of the better teams in the league in that regard. This year, they're not. They're they're in the bottom third of the league in a lot of categories, but what they've done is they've played good red zone defense and they've created a lot of turnovers. You've got a negative point differential this season. Uh, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors, and that was bound to come crashing down at some point. Um, the Colts, surprisingly, are uh, have the most 20-plus point games in the league this year. Um, Gardner Minshew um, has done such a nice job in place of Anthony Richardson, who looked like he was starting to really click in his rookie season with the Colts. But Shane Steichen's done a phenomenal job with that team, and I would not be surprised – uh, if they snuck into the playoffs, they've got when healthy as good of a run game as anybody. Uh, they've got Zaire Franklin, who's top of the league in tackles at linebacker. Uh, you know, Josh Downs in a nice season, Michael Pittman, and they've got some some good players on that team. Um, I, I just I, I wonder. I, I don't think Pittsburgh is going to make the playoffs. I think the Colts have a good shot, but Buffalo's lurking there, and I think Buffalo is going to get one of those wild card spots without a doubt. It's that time of year, man. You know, the teams that get hot, they have a shot. And a funny, you know, funny stat right here. I didn't even realize this until today. Um, The Colts haven't beaten the Pittsburgh Steelers since 2008 when Peyton Manning was their quarterback. I think there was a week week 10 game against Ben Roethlisberger, and then it won by by four. But it's been 15 years since the Colts have beaten Pittsburgh. They got it. You know, this is the more this is the biggest game of them all in that time frame. It's. You know, the Colts have to come out and Shane Steichen again, he's done, you know, like you said, such a great job. And if they, you know, if this Colts team makes the playoffs in a year where everyone thought it would just be a rebuilding year, yeah. coming off the four and you know, four and thirteen season that they had in twenty twenty two, I mean, he's gotta be up for coach of the year in, in that category with him, D'Amico Ryans, if they make the playoffs and, and some of you know the better coaches up there in, in those ranks. I mean, he's he's gotta be in that conversation, I would think. Yeah, I would imagine so. Just because it, it, coach of the year is always what team outperforms their expectations at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, and certainly the Colts have done that. Uh, I agree with you on D'Amico Ryan's. I don't think anybody thought uh, they'd be in contention like they are. But you have to remember, you know, we don't know C.J. Stroud's condition and Tank Dell, who was a revelation for them this year. He's out for the year. 
Yeah. Nico Collins, not sure if he's going to be uh, back this week. And we saw how that offense looked without those two guys against a really good Jets defense. So I'm curious to see how uh, they finish out the season, but I think the future is really bright in Houston. I, I love D'Amico Ryans as a coach. C.J. Stroud's been phenomenal for them. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, the AFC is a, is a, is a log jam. They've got two or three really good teams at the top that are competing for that one seed. Baltimore looks to be in the driver's seat now. The Dolphins right behind them. Huge matchup uh, in Week 17 in Baltimore between those two teams. Yeah. But you know, the Chiefs clearly aren't what they were. Uh, the Dolphins have kind of faltered a bit here. That loss to Tennessee is a huge hit to their one seed hopes, although it's still possible. Um, so yeah, like I, I, I was talking about this to somebody else yesterday. I don't see a team at the top of the AFC that is flawless, like a team like San Francisco when they're healthy. There isn't a San Francisco of the AFC, and so for me, that you know makes it a little more wide open in that conference uh, going forward. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it, it's it's going to be, you know, a back alley brawl between all those teams, whoever <laughs> makes the playoffs, whoever, the seven teams that make the playoffs. It's going to going to get interesting. And your game is really interesting, to say the least, because you're looking at the Bucks, who had a very dramatic win over the Atlanta Falcons on the road last week. Baker Mayfield has had a resurgence this season. He's had a you know very good season. And, you know, a lot of people have counted him out. You know, over the years, he's learned almost every type of offensive system in the last year or so to give him his credit. And then the Packers, the Packers got really hot. They lose uh, just a heartbreaker against the Giants on Monday night. And Jordan Love, you know, you know, everybody's talked about the identical stats to Aaron Rodgers as a rookie and, and even Brett Favre back then at certain points in the season. But I'll ask you this to start. What is your impression of Jordan Love? Like what? What are your what are your just general thoughts of him? And is this the first time you've called a Packers game this year, or or, or have you already called? No, I had them uh, against the Steelers earlier this year, okay. and I think you were starting to see the turn for Jordan Love in that game, despite the fact that he threw two interceptions at the end when they had a chance to win. I mean, he drove them down to the red zone twice mm -hmm. and threw two interceptions. Um, Matt uh, Matt Lafleur is one of the best coaches in the league. I don't care who your quarterback is. This past Sunday was his first loss in December as Packers head coach. Number one, he's been undefeated in, in December. Unreal. He's a great coach. He's a great play caller. And, you know, I was not a big believer in Jordan Love. I was not all that impressed last season when I saw him. He obviously didn't get off to a good start at the beginning of this year. But credit to him, credit to LaFleur. Um, Jordan Love has made quite the resurgence. Um, defensively, they struggle, and that might end up being – uh, their downfall, but uh, <laughs> you mentioned the Bucks, man. Six and seven, they they're a three way tie for first in the NFC South. They won the division last year at eight and nine. It feels like we're going to get another eight and nine uh, division winner there. But the Bucks control uh, their own destiny to uh, make the playoffs, win that division. Um, I don't know how you can trust the Falcons. I don't know how you can trust the Saints. Um, I don't know how you can trust the Bucks, but the Bucks are in the best spot right now uh, to take that division. And, you know, I, I think none of those teams ever win pretty. Uh, it's never going to look the best, but they've got one of the best wide receiver duos in the league in Godwin and Evans. Got a talented young tight end, Kate Auden. 
Rashad White has had a, a very nice uh, back half of the season as a uh, a dual threat out of the backfield. He's got the fourth most touches in the league. He's top five in scrimmage yards. He's got a scrimmage touchdown in each of the last six weeks. So he's been really good after a, a really tough start for him. Injuries on defense, a bit of a concern uh, for the Bucks, but you know they do just enough. Baker Mayfield had three touchdowns last week, a couple uh, passing touchdowns, one on the ground. It's the first time this year he's had two second-half passing touchdowns in a game. Mm-hmm. And it's the first time uh, – we were talking about the Colts earlier. It's the first time since Andrew Luck in his rookie season in 2012 that a quarterback has completed less than 50% of his passes in back-to-back weeks and still won. Wow. Um, they find ways to win. They won a game last week, put up 29 points. Uh, with Mike Evans only having one catch for eight yards. Uh, so I think the Bucks are in a good spot. This this weekend would go a, a long way into uh, winning that division, but going into Lambeau in December, always tough. But Baker's been much better quarterback on the road this season than he has been at home. Yeah, and just, you know, ask Patrick Mahomes about that a couple weeks ago. It yeah. is a tough place to play up there in the frozen tundra. And just Mike Evans, man. 10 straight thousand yard seasons and he just still flies under the radar he's just one of the most consistent receivers in the 2010s now in the 2020s and he's just been awesome and you know that'll be really fun to see you know mike evans on the field hopefully have a bounce back game for the tampa Bay buccaneers but we'll move on to just a couple of these big time games we'll, we'll stand on these a little briefly um Cowboys Bills. This game's getting aired on Fox nationally to every single household in the United States. It's America's team versus, you know, the team that wears red, white, and blue, not the Patriots, but the Bills. Josh yeah. Allen, you know, they they had a, a really gutsy performance and a win last week against the Kansas City Chiefs, a team that they just seem to own in the regular season at this point. I think Josh Allen's three and one in the regular season against Patrick Mahomes. But it's just you know, the Cowboys, they, it seems like they haven't played on the road in like a month, which it's almost pretty true. The Cowboys go into the elements. Buffalo goes back home. Buffalo is with their backs against the wall playing for their lives. Uh, who is who is a player that, you know, might decide this game? Maybe other than the quarterbacks. I know Dak Prescott and Josh Allen have a you know, big impact on it, but who's a, who's a player in this game that will have a very significant impact? It's a great question. Um, Dak Prescott's playing some of the best football in the league right now, better than any quarterback. And right now he's the the odds-on favorite uh, to an MVP. Hmm. A guy who might go under the radar and affect this game. I mean, listen, I I think Jake Ferguson's a a really nice – this is a good tight end matchup. You know, Dalton Kincaid, the rookie tight end for the Bills, has been great. Dawson Knox will be back. Jake Ferguson's been uh, great for – uh, Dallas, but you got CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup out there, Brandon Cooks. You talk about Tony Pollard. It, it, you know, you go on the road to Buffalo in December, you got to be able to run the football. They got a great offensive line in Dallas. I think Tony Pollard uh, is a guy. I don't know if it's under the radar per se, but I think he's going to have a big game uh, yeah. there. And from a Dolphins perspective, because I'm down here, that's a huge game for their division prospects because yeah. uh, the Bills have a cakewalk of a schedule to end the season with the Chargers with the Patriots and closing out week 18 against the Dolphins while Miami has the Jets this weekend, the Cowboys, the Ravens and the Bills at home week 18. So this is a huge weekend for both the Dolphins and the Bills. Uh, Bills probably need to win this one to uh, give themselves a better shot at winning the division. 
But, I mean, we could be setting up for a, a winner takes the AFC East in week 18 if the Bills can win this one at home. The Dolphins are huge Cowboys fans uh, <laughs> this weekend in Buffalo, that's for sure. Huge Cowboys fans this weekend. They play them the following weekend on Christmas yeah. Eve. What a, what a world it is, man. It's going to be an awesome game to see the Cowboys and the Bills. We'll go down the floor to where you are. Ravens, Jags, Sunday night football. Ravens, 10-3, and three, number one seed in the AFC. They just find ways to win. They run the football so well. Lamar Jackson's played pretty well this season. But the Jags, on the other hand, Trevor Lawrence got hurt on Monday night football against the Bengals. This past week, he played against the Browns. I have no idea how he played yeah. against them, But right. it's worth 27 points, and yeah. they end up losing. And now it's, it's actually – this is an underlying thing. It is tight in the AFC South now. If the Texans – and the Colts, if one of those two teams win and the Jaguars lose Sunday night, it's tied in the AFC South for the division lead. And the Jaguars, you know, they're going to be scratching their heads with this one. But, you know, Trevor Lawrence, does he have to have the biggest performance of his life on Sunday night or what? Um, I, I don't know about that. I, I So I think their defense need, needs a bounce back performance more than anything. I mean, they got lit up by Jake Browning and Joe Flacco back-to-back weeks. They were being talked about as a legitimate contender in the AFC. And then they come out and they lose two games that you would think they should win against yeah. those two quarterbacks. Um, so I think they need to get right game. Uh, it amazes me that Trevor Lawrence is able to come back from that injury so quickly and play the following week. Guy must be made of steel. But that is a huge, huge game uh, for Jacksonville. They haven't played well against the contenders this season. Uh, they have one real quality win, uh, but they've gotten blown out by the Niners. They lost the Chiefs earlier this season. Um, and this is one of those games for them where they can really prove a lot to a lot of people. Um, the Ravens play these exciting games every week. I mean, what a game against the Rams on Sunday, walk-off, punt return for a touchdown in overtime. Uh, if you had the over, you were loving that game. Um, yeah, I mean, Lamar is making a good case for MVP as well. Um, but that that's a that's a game for the Jags that they, they really need to have. Most definitely. This is going to be the first Sunday night football game where the Jags have hosted and actually played on since week five of 2008 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And wow, they've had – they've had that's what, twice in four weeks, twice in three weeks. They've had a primetime game at home for the first time in X <laughs> amount of years. Monday night football. Yeah. Night football. <laughs> Over a decade. I mean, it, it, yeah. it obviously just shows how, how far they've come in that time frame. So, yeah. you know, and, and all the, the years in between. But, yeah, to say the least, a huge game for the Jags. The last game on the docket we got to talk about – the Eagles and the Seahawks, the first ever flexed Monday night football game. So you have the Eagles. They were 10 and one. They were, you know, like Rocky standing on top of the steps. We're the Kings. We're going to go represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. And then they lose the Niners by a ton. They, they get absolutely wiped of the field with. They go down to Dallas and they get wiped of the field with again with their division rival in the Cowboys. And now they're sitting at a wild card spot right now. To say that, the Eagles have to bounce back in this one, but the Seahawks have just tumbled. It's been a horrible month for them. Six and three down to six and seven. Drew Locke played last week in place of Geno Smith, who was hurt. Obviously got to monitor the situation for Geno Smith coming up. But this game, you know, obviously I know there's it's a very tight race in the NFC right now, but the Seahawks are playing potentially for their lives 
on Monday Night Football. And they got to have every ounce of the crowd aspect possible. But, you know, what are what are your thoughts on this game? You say the Seahawks need a need a get right game. Uh, the Eagles do as well. That defense has really struggled mm-hmm. uh, over the last month or so. Um, there's, I, I'm good friends with a few Eagles fans. I know fan sentiment is not exactly the best way to judge the team, but not very many people are happy with the offensive play calling right now. I do wonder how Jalen Hurts's knee, I think it is, I think his knee has been bothering him. I wonder how that's kind of affected things offensively for them. But they need a, a, a get-right game. Um, after that Kansas City game where we saw Nick Sirianni gloating, going up the tunnel, uh, they've come back down to earth a little bit. And I think it's funny, uh, since uh, Dom, the security guy, was booted <laughs> off the sideline, they've been blown out. I mean, they were taking the lead when Dom mm-hmm. was getting the, into that uh, scrap with Dre Greenlaw. Yeah. He was kicked off the sidelines then. He was kicked off the sidelines the rest of the year. And they haven't been the same since. So maybe it's the uh, <laughs> Dom, the security guard uh, factor for the Eagles. But, yeah, they need a get-right game. Uh I would imagine the heat will be turned up quite a bit if the Eagles lose to a, a Drew Locke-led Seattle Seahawks team. Yeah, and I mean, you know, talking about that, Seattle, I mean, if they take notes from from Dallas, don't have Big Don, Big Don on yeah. the sidelines. That's all. I guess that's the trend right there. That's but the one, guy, one guy I'm watching out for in this one to, for a key success for the Seahawks, it, it's Kenneth Walker. I mean, he's yeah. back, he, you know, one of the most dynamic backs in the National Football League, explosive young guy with the Eagles having just, you know, a lot of problems, especially in their front seven on defense. And they've been giving up the run like crazy. I mean, Kenneth Walker, if he has a breakout game, this one could get really spicy toward the end of this. I mean, it's, it's going to be, you know, it should be a really good Monday night football game to watch, but once again, Josh, I appreciate you coming on, stopping by, talking football, man. I, you know, hope you have a great call on Sunday, and you know, hopefully, you come back on here soon. Yeah, thank you. Would love to do it uh, anytime. Appreciate you. Yes, sir, man. All right, if you guys have watched this far, just like the video, subscribe, and we will see you guys next time.